AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You are listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. What's, What's up? happening? I'm Lingua Franca. I'm Dope Knife, and we are. We are wait- waiting on reparations. You know, we we have been messing up on that for like the last like four weeks. Fantastic. We used to Keep have it in. like in sync where we come out like both at the same time. Then anyway, hurry up, motherfucker. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm staying staying healthy, staying working, staying busy. Fantastic. I imagine you're staying busy. I mean, I'm just imagining I that am. goes unsaid. Yeah, right? we're voting on the we're voting on the city budget. By the time you all have, will be hearing this episode, we will have approved our 300 something million dollar city budget. So you definitely um, got it approved. So yeah, I feel pretty. Co- I feel like I got the votes for what I want to do. It's not everything, but it is still pretty transformative. We're like trying to raise the. We are going to raise the minimum wage for city employees to fifteen dollars an hour. Oh, fund, fund a non-police crisis response agency um, and like increase our homeless services like funding by like 200 oh, percent like a lot of really dope stuff yeah, yeah okay. not everything i wanted but pretty close i mean yeah so, I'm, I'm looking at you you see you don't seem like as enthusiastic as i, I would imagine you'd uh, yeah, be yeah, with yeah, what yeah. you're saying it's like i know yeah i mean you always went bigger and better like obviously uh, i would i would i mean you know, i would love to just I often speak as if, like, well, if I was the czar of Athens, Georgia, <laughs> this is what we would do. But I am not. I am subject to the laws of the state and the federal government. Um, and so there's some things we can't do. Like, you know, we can't raise the citywide minimum wage, but we can raise it for our, you know, our employees, which is yeah. going to affect a couple hundred people. So, like, something like that is pretty cool. But, like, but still there's so many people living in poverty. You know, True. like we can do that little bit that's within our control, but there's like still so many issues left unresolved. So I, if I don't sound more stoked about it, that's why. Well, just, you know, just for your personal health, you know, just like, enjoy, you know, you know that there's this a larger battle, but enjoy the enjoy yeah. the win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like take some time because like there's a lot of hard work I'm sure went into that. Oh my God. Know, so. Yes. It's been, it's been a nightmare, but it's almost over. And then, yeah. Well, and then me and you were me and you were gonna catch up in Savannah. Uh, oh for, yeah, yeah. We, we got, got a show a, coming up. We got a big show coming up in Savannah um, at uh, El Rocco. That's part of the uh, half ath. Half ath. Half ath. So there's a there's a there's a there's a half marathon in Athens called the ath half. 
Uh, and so they're having a music festival. A bar owner who, who's from Athens who recently relocated to Savannah to open a bar down there is having a music festival, a predominantly Athens artist um, that is a play on the name of this half marathon that's here. It's, it's pretty silly. But the lineup is pretty great. Uh, we'll be playing at El Rocco Lounge on Saturday, June 26th. Um, so y'all should come through. It should be real fun if you are in the Georgia area or farther field. I've talked to folks from Hartford, Connecticut, Birmingham, Alabama, Athens, Ohio, who are coming down for it. I think you know, people are like thirsty for live, live music. music after a year and a half. So people are coming in from all over to catch this show. And I hope you will as well if you're listening to this. It's going to be exciting um, times. I will be uh, very stoked to see you. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. But... um. Next week is also the Democratic primary for the New York City mayor's race. New York, New York. And New York being the birthplace of hip-hop, we thought we'd take a look at some of the front-running candidates, some of their controversies, their stances, and why why all of this matters for us, for, you know, the spectators uh, farther afield than Gotham City. Um, I don't really watch sports, but for me, New York politics is kind of my spectator sport. Um, I think just... Given its outsized um, just place in the public imagination, like, you know, New York is so dominant in our media. So many media corporations center themselves there, like physically their offices. Um, and so a lot of their narratives end up getting amplified in the national media as well. Um it's just something that kind of happens. It's like happenstance. Like, oh, you just get R.O. Wash in news about New York. But I think to a, a, a broader extent, it also feels like a sense of, uh, like, foretelling what is possible. For someone, you know, located in the South, um, looking at a place like New York, like, what could we, what what could we achieve? What could the gamut, what gamut can be run in terms of, like, uh, public policy, um, what is like a really progressive place look like, uh, stuff like that. And so that's to me why I kind of get into New York politics too. I can't really say that coming up that I was, you know, had all that big of an interest in New York City politics. It's been one of those kind of things that, you know, usually it comes up in the peripherals, you know, where it's like it's going on and I'm aware of it, but rarely have I ever been into the minutia of any of that stuff. I mean... There's the you know stuff that got national coverage that I remember. Like I remember when Giuliani won. I remember when Hillary Clinton was running for Senate. You know, like I remember when De Blasio won. I remember AOC winning. Just stuff that would get the attention of somebody who's otherwise not really following it like that. Uh, this past one, just this seems to have been, you know, it. You know, from my perspective. The one of the more nationally publicized New York races. I don't know if that's because of the involvement of you know uh, candidates like Andrew Yang or Maya Wiley who have like media exposure, but yeah, it's like I'm, I'm this this one kind of seems way more in my face than New York races of the past. Oh, although in the last month or so, I think it's kind of cooled off a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at least it doesn't seem like it's not that big of a national story. Do you think it's do you think it has to do with like the increased politicization of like just mainstream discourse like over the course of the pandemic, I feel like people have just been paying attention to politics more? Yeah, no, definitely. I know you have always paid attention to politics. But, like, I never, like, you know, I've become increasingly involved in politics, even as an elected official, paying yeah. attention to policy in other places a lot more throughout the pandemic, both from the sense of being, like, held captive by, I don't have fucking shit elsewhere to go or do, <laughs> you know? And also just, like, caring more because I've seen, like, oh, shit, public policy is failing us in a huge way. Maybe I should start learning about what other municipalities are doing about it or how are the, how they're failing so we can avoid the same pitfalls. Oh, no. I mean, I, I agree. I think that's it. Like, totally. I think uh, people have a general have generally have like more of an interest in politics. And then, you know, the not not even to like state it like it's any sort of like conspiracy or nefarious thing. But I think like the media ecosystem recognizing that people have that increased interest. It's like you're looking for the you're always looking for the next story to present. You know, what I mean, the next narrative, the next thing. So it's like. In in the in the 
in the conversation of political theater, it's like this race is like an interesting show to watch. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's it's, it's, yeah. it's one of those epi- it's one of those series <laughs> that's out there. The New York the New York race. It's something that they can fill up you know time yeah. with on MSNBC or CNN or whatever. So thus, yeah. it's kind of in my face more than usual. It's like, oh damn, I I know. You know, we're, I'm going to get put on to some of the things that are going on in this episode, just like anybody who's listening who's not up to speed. But I do know more about this race than I have other New York races in the past. So, For yeah. sure, for sure. We're going to get to all of that and more after the jump. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. So, um, incumbent mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, um, is not running again. Not because, I mean, he we just can't because of uh, term limits. But this has opened the field wide for prospective candidates to fill his soon vacant seat. Um, this race differs than most municipal elections in that in 2019, voters decided by referendum to allow ranked choice voting, which empowers them to rank up to five candidates. If a voter's first choice doesn't get traction, his or her votes transfer to the second choice, and that process of redistribution continues until one candidate has more than 50% of the votes. So, you don't like it? I don't like that. You don't like that? What do you I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure somebody could like completely articulate to me why, like, maybe mathematically or whatever that makes sense, but. I just think when you're adding in like this, this extra layers of it, instead of it just being simple, I just, it's not even that I think, oh, something's going to go wrong or whatever. It's just like, I feel if, if something happens and somebody doesn't get enough votes, give people a choice to vote again. That's what I would say, as, as opposed to like having yeah. something already built in there to, you know, some mechanization to transfer sure. a vote. Yeah. I mean, my understanding is that from a fiscal perspective, it's cheaper than holding a whole nother election true, both for true. the board of elections offices and then like, you know, candidates themselves. It's just like automatic runoff. And then also there's less, there's less lesser than two evilism. So it's like. Let's say, let's say, like in the let's say in the the 2020 presidential election, 
there was ranked choice voting. Yeah. And for so, and somehow Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders were both up there. So as it stands, people might choose, oh, well, I don't want to split the, the Democratic vote, so I have to vote for Biden to make sure that he beats Trump or something like that. But if it were a ranked choice voting situation, you could rank, you know, you could just go by your heart like, oh, I'm going to rank Bernie first, let's say, and rank Joe Biden second, and then not rank Trump at all. Yeah. And if Bernie loses, then your vote still goes to Biden. So it's okay. like, oh, I, I don't feel as threatened by like, oh, I'm going to throw my vote away or, oh, like I have to vote for the candidate that's more likely to win. You can just vote your conscience a little yeah. bit like more directly but i you, guess is the is, is the is the logic behind ranked choice voting but i mean do you think that it's more of a um do you think it's more of a fiscal consideration or do you think it's more that um i think that um people outside of a two-party system favor it because it gives more opportunity for people to vote their conscience with regards to third-party candidates libertarians green party PSL, whoever you want to name, independents. Um, so you can you can rank them, and then if you want to rank Democrats farther down, as like, oh, I would prefer these over these other guys. Like your preference in that regard is still counted to a degree, rather than it not mattering at all. It's either you vote for this guy or that guy, and period, done. So, so are you one hundred percent with it? Um, I think yeah, I think I think I'm with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that particularly with. Uh, partisan elections, because this is the, 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 we're mostly talking about the Democratic Party primary today. Yeah. Uh, but but with partisan elections, um, you don't you're not as bound by partisan partisanship. So it's like if you really don't fuck with the Democrats, but like you fuck with them more than the Republicans, you can like you can like register those degrees of like fuckwitability on your ballot. <laughs> yeah. Like I really you know I'm gonna vote like for Green Party or Working Families Party or like whatever. Um, but I really don't want these other motherfuckers to win. So yeah. I so I can put I can put Biden on there somewhere to like you know I would wouldn't mind him so much. Whereas right now there's no shades of gray. It's just, it's just either like, one or the you, other. Do you, yeah. Do you want? Yeah. Oh, so oh you oh so you're Jill Stein voter. So what do you want? You gave us Trump. Like that, the, all that shit is like gone. So I mean I'm oh. not as I'm not as like super well versed in like the deep policy considerations behind why ring choice voting rocks. That is to the extent to which I know yeah. that it's it's better than what we currently have, and so well, it's kind of cool they have it. You know I mean again it's like I I don't it's you know it just it it, it it makes me it made me shake my head upon hearing it because it's like just initially anything that adds an, an extra step and a complication to it I'm like uh, but. But you it know, takes I'll, a step I'll, out. It also takes a step out. Exactly. You don't have yeah, to you know. go back and vote again in a runoff. Yeah. That, you know, that's true. That's true. So that's cool. As of late May, 13 candidates had qualified for the Democratic Party primary and two of the Republican Party primaries. Though in the Democratic stronghold like New York, it's basically a given that the winner of the Democratic primary will become the next mayor. Similar thing that we had in the, uh, what was that last episode that we had? Talking about Larry Krasner. The yeah, the Larry Krasner. Yeah, same, same sort of situation. Attorney's race, yeah. So the, the major Democratic candidates include former state senator and current Brooklyn borough president Eric Adams, former commissioner of the NYC Department of Sanitation Catherine Garcia, former Citigroup executive Raymond McGuire, former social services nonprofit CEO Diane Morales, Guardian Angels founder Curtis Silla, NY Comptroller Scott Stringer, former counsel to Bill de Blasio, Maya Wiley, who many people might recognize from MSNBC, and former presidential candidate Andrew Yang. As well as previous guest on the show, rapper Paperboy Prince. Paper. Paper. Ha! Paper. Much love to Paperboy Prince. So Yang came out the gate as the clear front runner in 2020, but has since slipped in the polls with which ranked choice voting is kind of fickle predictors anyway, making room for centrist candidates like Eric Adams and Catherine Garcia to shine, particularly in the aftermath of Garcia's endorsement by the New York Times. I'm honestly super stoked about this. I was very worried for a while that Andrew Yang was the front runner in this race. It seemed that but, way. Because it's just like, I mean, I like, I, I give him props for popularizing the idea of universal basic income. Um, but like, it's literally like he read a one sheet on what that is one time 
and blew up because he popularized it. And he never read a single fucking thing about any other piece of policy ever again. And it's just like, I'm a very entitled tech bro. Like, I deserve power. And this is just, just, God, he just fucking sucks, man. I get the sense from Andrew Yang. I mean, my my feelings, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not Yang Gang or nothing. My feelings aren't as, like, strong in the negative about him. But I get the sense that he's doing what he feels he needs to do to rise in the ranks politically in the Democratic Party. You know what I mean? I just get that sense from him. And I get that, you know, should he come out and win this or whatever other office that he seeks, I have a feeling that whatever it is that his the, the way he governs will be different from what he's presenting that's how i feel whether that is him becoming like a bloomberg-esque sort of figure that's like you know a republican but you know it has a d next to its name or something that maybe is more progressive than he's putting on i don't know but i get that sense that we're not seeing the real yang yeah i mean i guess without like a strong like policy track record as a political outsider to an extent it's hard to tell like how strong a backbone he has mm. to like truly enact the policies that he like preaches. Cause to me, he seems like a wet noodle who will just be controlled by capital and like whatever the policy experts around him tell him to do. And he is surrounding himself with like very pro carceral, pro like capital like fuckers. So yeah. So it's just like, well, yeah, I like, I don't know how, like, are you going to do what you're going to say you're going to do? Are you going to do what everyone around you tells you to do? And like, you're just surrounding yourself with like neoliberal shows. See, I, I get the opposite, you know, sense from him. I, I, I have a feeling that he's going to do what he wants to do. It's just a matter of what is that that he wants to do. Like, you and know what I mean? It's like, just unclear. Exactly. I just don't really what, know, you know what you're trying to do here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, and then... I mean, well, like, before we move on, and then oh. there's, like, the fact that his family left New York City during the pandemic, and, like, he's just very out of touch with the lived experience of a lot of New Yorkers. That's a very wealthy person. And all these other... Just, yeah. And yeah. he got dunked... And he got apparently got dunked on by paper... Like, literally dunked on in a basketball tournament by Paperboy Prince recently, <laughs> which I love. Um, and, you know, just... So, wait, some, wait where, yeah. is Ye- where is Andrew Yang from again? I don't know where. Wait, wait, let's hold on. Let's let's do this. Andrew Yang, where are you from? Andrew Yang, where are you from? Oh, he was born in he was born in Schenectady, New York. Mm. So he's okay. he's from New York, yeah. But I guess um, I don't know his, why his, I didn't his, associate him with being like a New York. Well, I think his well, well, he gives off a very like Silicon Valley vibe. Yeah. Which, I mean, probably has ties to them or works, you know, out there. Yeah. But yeah, there's some, there's a certain like unmoored thing about being so that wealthy where it's like, are you from anywhere when you can be anywhere that you want to be at any point? I definitely felt when I did hear that he was running, I do remember feeling like, hmm, can you just run for... Can you just <laughs> can do you just that? run for whatever you want Are you to? allowed to just do that? Yeah. Nah, he, uh, yeah, apparently he's from New York, um, or, like, New York State, so. All right, I'll, I'll give him that, I'll give him that. But then, um, there's Eric Adams, who is a former cop of 22 years, and who has received the backing of the New York State Troopers Union as well. Um, just, just general, I mean, he just seems like very status quo, dude. Uh, he's previously claimed that the movement to defund the police is led by affluent white people, which I think might be kind of true to varying degrees, depending on where you are. I mean, like, as someone that, like, ascribes to that movement, like, I follow, like, a lot of, like, black feminist leaders who have been doing that work for many, many years. But I also live in a predominantly white town where predominantly white people were calling for that in our particular, like, geographical context. Yeah. So there's, you know, but he's recently... <laughs> He's recently come under fire for allegedly living in New Jersey, which then led to a very awkward photo shoot at his supposed New York home, in which he was shown sweating profusely, surrounded by furniture that totally wasn't dragged into place by frantic campaign staffers or anything. (laughs) And also claiming in a recent forum that online education during the pandemic has proven teachers are capable 
of handling a 400 to 1 student to teacher ratio. Yo, my dude. Garnering vehement pushback from Congress folks like Jamal Bowman and AOC. And deservedly so. What the hell is even that? 400 what to 1? What are talking Get the about? Fuck out of here. Like, like, literally, do you even, have you ever, like, it's not even like, do you have children? Like, literally, have you ever met a child? Yeah, I mean, have like, you ever I been to school? Like, have what you, you ever been to school? That's like a, I don't know, like, fucking Blade Runner class or some shit in the future yeah. where there's, there's only one teacher for every 400 children. Like, get out of here. I, I I don't know when we were taught when you were mentioning the defund the police thing. I, I I'm sorry. It just it really gets me upset that the Democrats play into the Republican hands of like making such a big deal about the defund the police thing. I mean, uh, whether you d- agree with it or not, or that's your stance or not, there is no establishment Democrat who's got a platform of defund the police. Like which which one? Who? It's all the people you'd expect. Yeah. I mean, like Cory Bush. Yeah, R- I mean Rashida Tlaib. But that's my like, point. These are you all can the count exactly. them. Yeah, it's the ones that they you would expect. It's like if, if that's not you, that's not you. But like to complain about what activists are doing, like if you're not for it, then don't be for it. You know, but yeah. but don't try to stop other people from being what they're for. Yeah, it's like erasing your own people when it's like okay, you can claim that, but then like they're like, oh, we lost because of you know, defund the police or whatever, but it's led by affluent white people, but the only people talking about it in the Democratic Party are, like, Cory Bush. <laughs> exactly. Like, wait, Cory... Cor- Cory Bush? The, she, she's black, right? Like, yeah. oh. The, this is, you know, does not compute. Sparks fly. Uh, it's, anyway. I'm sorry, um, I had to go yeah. off on that. It's been bugging me for the last few days. And I, 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 ever since talking to Matt a couple episodes back about neoliberalism, like Eric Adams perfectly encompasses that in these few facts that we have spoken on him that like, oh, we can have 400 to one teacher to student ratio, like defund the schools, yeah. but like make sure you support the cops. It's exactly. like shrinking social services everywhere else, except in the way that you can control people and incarcerate them and make their lives home. It's like the expected uh, shit. It's that. And then, and then, and he is running as a Democrat. Like this is, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's anyway. New York politics. I know that much. Yeah. Now on the progressive side of things, the field has been pretty split. So you got, uh, Scott Stringer, Diane Morales and Maya Wiley, who one by one have effectively blundered themselves out of the running leading progressives to line up behind Maya Wiley. Though once ranked number one and number two by Working Families Party, Scott Stringer has tumbled in support among progressives after two women came forward with decades-old allegations of inappropriate sexual advances. Diane Morells, who has run on slashing the police budget in half and guaranteeing housing for all, has seen the bottom collapse out of her campaign after allegedly firing dozens of staffers who attempted to unionize, leaving Wiley, who is a civil rights lawyer, formerly WFP's number three choice, but now seemingly their first. Yeah, so I was really stoked about Diane Morales for a while just because she seemed like very, I don't know, maybe I fell for like the jargon of like social, I'll be really honest, love to like just like social justice, grassroots movement stuff. She seemed to surround herself with like a lot of really badass women of color that had been organizing for a long time and, you know, seeking to prioritize to center the concerns of working class New Yorkers. And so I was like, oh, this bitch seemed pretty tight. Yeah. And like, I don't know, running for the the mayor mayoralty of the biggest city in the country on like, yo, I'm going to cut the police budget of New York City by $3 billion. Mm-hmm. Regardless, regardless of whether that's viable, I'm like, that's fucking bold. That's like hard to come out and say. Yeah. So like, props for you for that. But then, yeah, the news came out about the attempted unionization and then she fired a bunch of people. And then I read this letter that was actually published by a 15-year-old volunteer of hers that she was um, like uh, appointed like the, the, the field field captain for the Queensborough area. Uh, 15 years old, working like 40 hours a week for Diane Morales. Promise, promised, yeah, like canvassing until like late at night in like dangerous areas by herself. Damn. Asked, asked her to like be, become salaried. Like, hey, will you hire me? Onto the campaign, I'm working my ass off for you. After I get out of high school in the afternoons, and Diane Morales was like, "Nah, like what?" That's no good. You should do it for the movement. Do it for the movement. You know, and I was just like, "Damn, that's yeah, that's like child labor exploitation, yeah, yo, man." Yeah, that's some straight up kids in a coal mine shit. And and. 
And there's a lot to be said when it gets into like, or like electoral organizing specifically and exploitation of young people. Like I've seen it happen a lot of time. I've had a lot of friends. I've worked in campaigns myself and I know how grueling they are. And like, I think a larger, larger conversation needs to be had about like respecting the dignity. Like if we are, if we're going to be like work pro worker people, candidates, elected officials, etc. like also extending those rights and uh, those dignities to people who get us elected just because we're working just because we're working in a movement to change society doesn't mean like you you bleed and cry blood over this campaign you like you deserve to get paid you deserve like protections you deserve benefits just like anyone else um, and so I think this is a really sad example of that where it's like People believe in something so much. They believe in a candidate so much. They're willing to do anything, and, and then they get exploited. And then they get exploited. And I'm really, I'm honestly proud for her staff for stepping up and be like, you know what? No, we want to see you run this campaign the way that you claim you're going to want to run the city. And just because we believe in your vision does not mean we're willing to like prostrate ourselves before you like slaves so then, to, ma- to make that happen. So then, with like, with all that, you know, who who is your favorite candidate since you follow stuff? I mean, I guess people are lining up behind Maya Wiley. Again, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I'm just chewing popcorn, watching from the back, some sidelines on Twitter. Well, you're personally. Personally, I mean, like, I'll, I, I have seen a lot of former um, Morales staffers have, like, joined Wiley's campaign. Um, she's been endorsed by Elizabeth Warren, by Jumani Williams. Uh, the public advocate for New York City, a very popular um, elected official in the city. Um, AOC has, has also come out in support of Wiley. Um, in terms of her platform, I mean, the thing about a lot of these candidates, and I just like, and I've seen, I mean, like, and, I, and just working in politics, you see this a lot. It's just so jargony and just like using whatever buzzwords are cool that like, what the fuck do you really mean mm-hmm. most of the time? But like, you know, she wants to do a, you know, a new deal for New York, universal community care. So like making sure they're creating good jobs for people in uh, doing uh, child care and elder care, which is important. You know, she's thinking about a community centered gun violence prevention plan, which I think that makes sense. Uh, universal health coverage, um, talking about um Transforming policing. I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, I've heard cops like talk about, oh, we're gonna reimagine public safety. Like, no, you fucking not. You know, like it's just it's at least it's been co-opted. Yeah. But there's certain elements of her platform that's like, all right, I can get behind that. I understand the political pressure into like not state outright like certain things. Like if you're if by transforming policing you mean like less cops, like you know, you it's hard to say that. Um, in her plan, she does talk about um, having like a civilian oversight of the NYPD, uh, developing alternatives to policing, things like that. So, I mean, I think it does kind of bode well, at least for my personal politics, where I'm like, all right, I guess that's cool. But again, I mean, I'm just, I'm just watching. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just, it's like, it's like a soap opera to me. So. Yeah, okay, last thing. The Strokes held an in-person concert at Irving Plaza for Maya Wally last Saturday. I mean, that's yeah, pretty cool. So my actual personal favorite candidate, however, has got to be Paperboy, previous guest in the podcast. He was a former Andrew Paper. Yang hype man. Paper. Shout out. He he gave us a little retweet, you know, when we talked, when I posted about the show uh, recently. So good guy. Good person. Um... He's now, they, sorry, are now running against their hero, um, Andrew Yang, on a platform of canceling rent, abolishing the police, and legalizing psychedelics, as well as establishing love centers throughout the city where New Yorkers can make friends, receive relationship and mental health counseling, get childcare, and, dro- and job training. And he's also been recently, I'm sorry, they have also recently been famed for their mutual aid and food distribution efforts. They joined protesters for getting their asses kicked by cops in Washington Square Park to reclaim their space and distribute hundreds of pounds of foods and protests of the police curfew, which was ultimately lifted. So he's, they are out there in the streets with the people giving out food, paper. spreading love, paper, kicking Andrew Yang's ass in basketball. So in Rolling Stone's profile on Paperboy, I feel like they hit the nail on the head about what's special about them as a candidate, writing, 
Prince is a shimmering, kaleidoscopic example of what could be if the fear of mockery didn't prevent us all from thinking a little bit bigger. Which, like, oh, that's boom. dope. That, yeah, I mean, like, that's that's what Paperboy really brings to the conversation. It's like they are unapologetically who they are in terms of fashion, in terms of just like just being a person of the people, and like, oh, it's oh, it's like hilarious because they're not like oh, a city group executive in like a <laughs> in a you know. Three thousand dollars suit, but yeah. it's like let's just it like, but they allow you to think a little bit bigger about like the possibilities, you know. And I really, really appreciate that about them. Well, that's a good transition to get into the hip hop side of things because yeah. we got Diddy, Jay Z, and Nas have all endorsed the former Citigroup executive Ray McGuire. Speaking of stuff suits, <laughs> the video announcing his campaign was directed by Spike Lee who also endorsed them, and the entertainers praised McGuire in the video that was posted on YouTube. People come all over the world and say, if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. That's the idea we're trying to protect. That's what uh, Sean Jay-Z Carter said. Sean Diddy... The thing about that fucking line, though, is like, but what if you can't make it here? What about those people? Exactly. Because there are millions, probably millions of people in New York that are struggling and not making it what about them and then doesn't isn't if you can make it here you can make it anywhere kind of like saying like everybody can be rich isn't the same spirit of like it is yes yeah but it's like mm, very rarely like yeah like Jay-Z and, and Diddy are like held up as icons because they did make it. Because if anyone could make it and everyone did, no one would give a shit about who Jay-Z was. And it's just like, be another person that made it. Yeah. yeah. If you can make it in Afghanistan, you can make it anywhere. If you can, yeah, if you can that? make it in Syria, you can make <laughs> it anywhere. Let's let's get really, really real yeah, with the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Sean P. Diddy Combs said that over the last 30 years, McGuire's was always talking about the people. What the fuck does that even mean? I mean, Trump was always talking about the people, about how they're from shithole countries and how he wants to grab them by the pussy. (laughs) I don't really know what you're trying to say there, Diddy, but that's okay. McGuire's platform claims to push transformation again of the city's approach to public safety and implement a form of policing that's is that is respectful accountable and proportionate and a comprehensive citywide plan to create affordable housing in collaboration with each community that creates jobs respects neighborhoods and pros- and protects residents from gentrification so buzzwordy type shit right Right. Oh, gentrification. Oh, uh, accountable policing. Transform public safety. Like, okay. What is... Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's not... I'm not necessarily expecting Diddy and Jay-Z to, like, endorse paper, Paperboy, but... That would be sick. Get, I mean, it would be sick, yeah, but yeah. you just would expect, you know, it would be cooler sure, if they no, endorse of people course, that are more yeah. interesting, you know. Yeah, of course they endorse. I mean, like they're black capitalists, so they endorse, endorse the capitalists and the, the biggest capitalists in the race, the banker in the race. I mean, it makes sense. Class interest aligning, like that's. I mean, that's can't even be blamed. Let's be real. I can't even blame them. That's fine. That's fine. But yeah, nope. honestly, all these all, all these platforms, it's really hard to di- differentiate um, just because it's just technocratic jargon um, a lot of times, and you have to you have to go with um, like what what their backgrounds say like what what have they been doing this whole time and so now, with the wires are, like you were a banker so i don't trust you so here we are we're two cats that live in georgia and you're an elected georgia you know official yeah. so why is something like the new york city election so why is it something that's that that people should be interested in even if it's well, I mean, yeah. even down to beyond the public policies touted by these candidates, even the structure of the elections is somewhat of a preview of what may be to come for a state like ours that's, you know, becoming more progressive but lagging behind significantly. So, like, what 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 are the implications of ranked choice voting for the way our election shakes out? Does a progressive make it through because people are able to vote their conscience? Does it still, you know, favor ultimately the center status quo? Um, things like that. Um, and how and how the people then respond to it and having that expanded 
uh, menu of options that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of messaging, what people feel emboldened to say in a place that is more progressive, um, you know, in deeply democratic places like this, it often means that there is a there. All it means is there's a more deeply entrenched um, political machine. Yeah. And so seeing how like those forces of like the grassroots versus like the moneyed special interests, et cetera, like play out against each other. Um, I think there's, I think there's powerful lessons there for people in a place that is becoming more progressive, but maybe we can avoid some of the same pitfalls we see in a place that where there is that entrenched political machine, et cetera. Um, and plus it's like sports. I don't know, man. Like it's so funny. So here's an example. So I went to a Hawks game recently in Atlanta and before I understood, I don't watch sports. So before I like really understood what I was getting myself into, I kept telling people I was going to see the Knicks game <laughs> because the Knicks are from New York. And I'd heard of the Knicks because they're from New York. Even though I live close to Atlanta, I had never really heard of the fucking Hawks before. And I think that's a similar thing. I was talking about like the, just the outsized presence in the media and the public imagination that New York City holds, where it's like before I even know about a basketball team from my own backyard. I know about the Knicks. Yeah. And so before I even know about like, oh, what's going on with the Democratic primary for Secretary of State in Georgia, I heard that Andrew Yang is saying some dumb shit about Palestine or something. <laughs> so, I mean, to, to, to an extent, it's just like forced upon you. Um, outside of the lessons it holds, it's also just like, Interesting you know, theater. It's just interesting theater. Let's be real. And that's a lot of like, you know, so a lot of what we talk about on the show is just like political theater and what it means. Well, after the little break, we are going to talk about some New York rapidy rap songs. You excited for that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll be right back. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Okay, so in the music discussion today, what we have is we have two, what I think are contrasting rap songs that are on similar topics. So on one hand, we have the Jay-Z song Empire State of Mind. And on the other hand, we have the Nas song New York State of Mind. Massively contrasting visions or um, 
impressions of New York City. So starting with Nas, we've got New York State of Mind. This song was recorded in 1994 on the album Illmatic, and it was produced by legendary DJ Premier. Let's check this out. Got younger niggas pulling the triggers, bringing fame to their name and claim some corners. Crews without guns and corners. In broad daylight, stick up kids. Oh my God, that, he was going Yeah, so I mean, like, shit. I think you have to also put these songs in their temporal context. So, yeah, like, the 1990s, all-time record high in violent crime. Um... 1990 and the three years that followed were like the most homicide plagued like years in the city's last five decades. It's it, um, and I think he, I think he's speaking to that. You know, it's like definitely you have to consider like at the time that Nas wrote this, he was like 16, 17, 18, you know, in that range, in that age range. So, I mean, this is like straight up observation of like environmental observation, you know what I mean? Like he was like in the, you know, not necessarily doing what's being talked about in the song, but he was living in those projects at the time and seeing the cats that, that were doing that. You know I mean? He was seeing the police raiding and shit like that. He was seeing task force breaking down people's doors and, and base heads, you know, like, so having been a witness to that, it's kind of like a, you know, street level depiction of New York City. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. almost purposely wiping away the shine and the polish. And it's, it's one of those sort of like exposés, like, nah, this is how it really is. Yeah. And then For also sure. on top of that, I mean, I, I gotta say, there's like three three joints I feel in Nas's catalog that are, you know, his, his best work lyrically. And like, dude, the verses on... New York State of Mind, y'all should go check that out. I mean, he was snapping. <laughs> Whatever day he wrote that shit, he was snapping in those verses. Yeah. And then I think it's interesting to note that, like, by the time the 1990s ended, the city was bringing in, like, 7 million more tourists a year. The city's population started to grow for the first time in decades. And that then sets us up for the context in which Jay-Z wrote Empire State of Mind, which came out in 2009. Let's check this out. Featuring Alicia Keys. Me at the X with OG at a Yankee game. Shit, I made the Yankee hat more famous than the Yankee king. You should know I believe. I, I won't lie. This is a guilty pleasure of mine. When it came out in 2009, <laughs> I was in college. Like, I think it was in like a MasterCard or American Express commercial, sure, too. Sure, probably was... all, both. Probably, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he's talking about like, oh, the movie scenes and sipping Mai Tais. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's brief nods to like the it's, realities of like, okay, on the corner selling rock, you know, there's, uh, there's sirens are loud talking about um, uh, no curfew, things like that. But ultimately... Ultimately, if it comes about, into yeah, I mean, like a sightseeing, like tourist recap of like right, this is clearly this is clearly like you're cruising through the the city in your like the double decker bus. Yeah, looking around at all the things like oh, there's somebody selling crack out there. Wow, Maureen. Look, I'm not even saying this with any sort of like quality or moral judgment at all. I'm just saying this is like the the facts as I see them of how the song makes me feel. And that's a good, good point. Aesthetically, in terms of, like, what the beat inspires, yeah. what the Alicia Keys hook inspires, it's, like, optimism. And you feel like you're standing in the middle of Times Square, which is the most touristy, yeah. like, like fake representation of, like, the lived experience of New Yorkers that you could imagine. With the it's, lights and the everything, you know, that's what it is. It's trying to make you feel. Even if that's, even if he's telling a more, he's painting a more complex picture lyrically than that. But it, it it like for those who are old enough to remember, you know, 2009 when the song came out, pretty much everything that happened with the song, because it was a huge song when it came out. Everything that happened with the song, I feel like that was the intent of the song. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. like they were like, let's make something that's going to get played at the Yankee games for the next 30 years. You know Ain't what I mean? Fools. Let, yeah, let's make, let's that make something paper. that's going to be in an American Express commercial. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, they're trying to get that fucking paper down. Exactly. It's a very, you know, and again, not a judgment call, but it's a very commercial song, whereas uh, New York State of Mind by Nas really does sound like some plucked poetry 
and put yeah. over a beat. You know what I'm saying? Does yeah. it, it doesn't. It sounds very agendaless. Whereas New York State or Empire State of Mind sounds very, very agenda driven, and that agenda is, you know, that, that that paper. But there's nothing wrong with that. But it definitely is like a, you know, come to New York. It's a great place to visit. Spend right, your money. Yeah, the see New York the Tourist Authority probably like kicked him like some bucks. Like, exactly. You know. <laughs> well, that is it for today's episode. We are going to be back next week as we always are but we are going to end it like we always do hey joel my man can you please drop an instrumental for us yeah 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 some feel the burn, some flash signs from the Yang Gang. I'm the dope one, spitting rhymes is my main thing. Call me knife and stick this dope up in your main vein. I rap, get a nosebleed like a strange things. Like number 11, one on one, and I dead them. Open shows like this, cause I gotta rap when they let them. Mariah said, Yo, we can't do a politics rap show if we don't go and talk about the Big Apple. Now we gotta rock a lesson. Go cover another motherfucking election. God Shout out damn. to my taxi cab drivers, my dog walkers, all the hawkers of the hot dogs, all my other New Yorkers. You might never heard to me. My name is Miss Parker, and I've been watching the options for office. You gotta parts through. Got yourself a banker. Some be repping the Yankee. A whole lot of moderates, couple of left flankers. Some float to the surface and others sunk like an anchor. But however you wanna rank them, hey, it's your choice to make. But I'm weighing into the debate, and here's my only statement. Cancel rent, spread love, show some love for paper. How goes New York? Then so goes the nation. So here's a little conversation about your race for mayor. Ha <laughs> dope knife. I'm Lingo Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. Hurry up. See you next week. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.